are now listening to the podcast 8 Ethel to her death. That much was certain. Also, he felt obscurely irritated that Max was disappearing off to France in two days. There was nothing to stop Max going on holiday, but it just felt rather callous in the circumstances. It was all very well, Max paying for a headstone and standing beside it, looking sad for ten minutes. But, when all was said and done, it was business as usual. And that was a selection from today's novel, The Zigzag Girl, by Ellie Griffiths. Page 8. With a lad who should be looking up to him as a superior officer. No, nice it wasn't. Edgar's digs were in Hanover, the steep hill that stretched from the pavilion almost to the racecourse. The houses were mostly small and run down, but on a clear day you could see the whole of Brighton spread out before you, a series of tottering white terraces until you reached the pier and the sea. As Edgar stomped up the worst part of the hill, he reflected how his mother would have considered the area common. Edgar's parents had graduated from a terrace to a semi-detached bungalow in Escher and had thought themselves the most fortunate people on earth. Edgar's father had not lived long to enjoy the suburban bliss. He had died barely a year after the move to Surrey. But Edgar's mother, Rose, lived on, polishing her silver and ironing her tablecloths as if preparing for a banquet that never quite materialized. Edgar thought of his childhood as being dominated by the pursuit of respectability. His father, Bill, had worked at the post office, and though it was a struggle at times, it was his boast that Rose had never had to go out to work. Edgar and his brother and sister were never allowed to play in the street with the other children. They had to stay inside, doing their homework and practicing the piano. This joyless self-betterment had its results. All three siblings won places at the grammar school, although when Edgar later got into Oxford, this was considered rather showy and unbecoming. People like us don't get degrees, his mother said, just when Dad's got you a nice little. Page 24. Edgar watched as the mechanical smile spread over Max's face. His audience smile. Wish I could, sweetheart, but Ed and I have business to discuss. Max took Edgar to an Italian restaurant that he knew. It was a little place tucked away in a back street, but the food was wonderful. Max's mother had been Italian. Edgar seemed to remember. It was one of the few facts that he knew about him. Presumably, 
it was from her that Max had inherited his dark, good looks, the kind that made people speculate about the tar brush. Bit better than the Caledonian Hotel, said Max, twirling spaghetti. Bet they don't do rock cakes, though, said Edgar, but the mention of the Caledonian, the only bar in the island town where the magic men had their headquarters, had eased something between them. Edgar found himself telling Max about his job. After how hard he fought it, having to live up to his reputation as a brilliant ex-secret service man. And most of the time I know less than the lowliest PC, and they know it too. Max confessed that the endless parade of seaside towns was taking its toll. I'd backed it in if there was anything else I could do. But you're a brilliant magician. Yes, typically. Max did not dispute this. But the public don't want brilliant anymore. Have you seen all these new NAAFI comics? There was one on at the Palladium that page 88. Max sighed and drained his glass. I'd better go. Are you coming to the show tonight? I could get you a comp. Edgar shook his head. I'm exhausted. I'm going to head home. I don't blame you. Life's too short to watch Tony Mulholland trying to guess people's star signs. As he walked home, Edgar wondered why he hadn't accepted Max's invitation. All he knew was that the last few days had given him a slight distaste for the theater. Its lure had led Ethel to her death. That much was certain. Also, he felt obscurely irritated that Max was disappearing off to France in two days. There was nothing to stop Max going on holiday, but it just felt rather callous in the circumstances. It was all very well, Max paying for a headstone and standing beside it, looking sad for ten minutes. But when all was said and done, it was business as usual. Another week, another town. Edgar had often felt during his magic men days that pros were the hardest-hearted creatures on earth, and now here was more proof. Ethel was dead, but the show went on. Edgar had an uneasy suspicion that the only person to visit the grave on the hill would be Di Edgar Steffens, P.C. Muggins himself. As for Tony, he certainly never expected to hear from him again. He and Max had poured him into his digs on Monday evening, and Max reported, rather gleefully, that a vicious hangover had not improved his act. He wondered if Tony was regretting his return to the boards. Would he now fix his sights on America and television, the ultimate magic box? Edgar didn't know. He doubted whether Tony. The End The Zigzag Girl by Ellie Griffiths
throughout the fight of literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers 824, the word 8.